0: Hi everyone, Jack here. Uh, Before the episode starts, I just want to take a moment to thank some of our patrons for making all of this possible. And before I do that, I want to let everyone know that our Patreon tiers and pricing will be changing just a little bit in the near future. Um, So if it has been unaffordable to you in the past, it might be a little more affordable to you now. So just keep an eye out for that, Uh, we'll make a bigger announcement about it soon. So, without further ado, uh, thank you to Sabrina Shea, Nicola James, M Mosen, Alty, Morgan Patterson, Theo Hendry, Jace Pastris, Ollie Science, Jan Aloni, Dylan Beauchamp, Aaron Subbo, Iris Newlin, Connor Fox, and Adrian Frisbee. Your support means the world to us. And now on with the episode.
1: No. Out of all of the prisoners here, I've never dealt with anyone as self-righteous as you are. Yeah? Well, you've never met anyone like me, so that tracks. Oh, I've met plenty of people like you. Uh Uh-huh. And where are they now? Dead. Here she is. There's
2: no one to retrieve her. And if you wait until my shift is over, there's a fiver in it for you.
3: Goodness. That seemed like an unpleasant (laughs) trip. Are you all right,
1: Julie? It's Jules, and I'm fine.
3: Right, of course, my apologies. Okay, um, please sit here and we can get you assessed right away.
1: What, me? Dr. Huxley already gave me a medical assessment.
3: Yes, and I'm sure you all trust him to give me a completely biased report. However, I would like to double check the state of your health given that I will be in charge
1: of the experiment from here on out. Are you even a doctor? Like, in the medical sense? It doesn't take a degree to check someone's blood pressure. Now please, do sit. Actually, I'm not even sure I should really be part of the experiment anymore. Oh, and why is that? Uh, I've been having, like, this really intense stomach pain. It keeps me up all night. We can give you medicine for that. My body doesn't do well with standard painkillers, actually. Gives me a migraine. (laughs)
3: Morphine should do the trick.
1: Uh, you know what? I think the real problem is that I'm anemic. Yeah, I get vertigo like crazy.
3: This is about Dr. Huxley, isn't it?
1: Uh, I don't know what you're talking about.
3: As soon as I boarded Nemesine, I was told that he and you barricaded yourselves up in his lab, monitoring the combined state of our friend Vic and the late Warren Kane. I thought it was an unusual predicament to find. You two aren't involved, are you? <clears throat>
1: that's disgusting. Of, of the things you said, that's the worst. Oh,
3: <laughs> good. I'd hate to have to report this to his higher-ups. Not exactly a good thing for a scientist to get too close to his subjects, especially in a place like this.
1: Yeah, trust me, we're not close at all. But you... know him. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: That doesn't exactly sound
1: convincing. We've had our... disagreements.
3: I'm sure. Considering each of your statuses in this experiment, I can see
1: why you would be at odds. Right. I just... it's... it's just... I mean, I heard that you're being put in charge, but I, I guess I don't understand why Dr. Huxley isn't capable of leading his own experiment. He's been doing fine all this time.
3: Well, it's nothing for you to be concerned about. He's just a bit unwell.
1: He looked fine when I saw him this morning.
3: (sighs) Jules, am I to understand that you are not willing to entrust me with this experiment?
1: No offense, but if this whole thing is based on trust, then you are the last person I want rooting around in my brain.
3: And why is that?
1: Because I don't know you. And you know Huxley? I know
3: him better than I know you. But you know why I'm here. And you can ask me any questions you may have about me, my career, my life. Can you say the same for Huxley? I... what do you mean? Surely you understand the role of scientists in an establishment like
1: Nemesine. They experiment on us, the, the prisoners.
3: Right. But why do any of them come here? How could a place like Nemesine convince all these brilliant minds to leave their entire planet behind in exchange for the cold vacuum of space and a bedroom the size of a janitor's closet? What do you mean? Well, let's just say this. You remember the contract you signed before you came here? Choosing to be a willing experiment participant in exchange
1: for shorter years? Yes.
3: The scientists here have a similar... Predicament.
1: They're prisoners too?
3: Maybe not in the same way. After all, they do enjoy more luxuries and freedoms than your lot does. However, the agreement is similar. In exchange for some unpleasant history to be forgotten, they agree to help further some research for the good of humanity.
1: For the good of humanity?
3: Regardless of the fact. What did
1: Huxley do? Pardon? To be here. What did he do, you know, to be here? Ask him. That sounds like you're just avoiding the topic.
3: Or that I'm just trying to adhere to a certain level of professionalism that you're not used to. Honestly, I can't believe that you don't already know considering how much you trust him. I didn't say I trust him. Well, of course not. How can you say you trust him when you know so little about him? That's exactly my point, Jules. You know me and Huxley, just about as well as the other. Well, actually, you know a little more about me, considering you know what I'm here for. For Jessia.
1: Oh, you know, the company
3: I work for, too. See, I think that we can move this experiment along with me just fine. But if it really makes you uneasy, I'd like you to know that Dr. Huxley isn't being taken off the project completely. He'll just no longer be at the helm.
1: No. I... I'm sorry? I don't trust you, and not because I don't know you, but because of this whole conversation we just had. You throw Huxley under the bus without hesitation, and try to buddy up with me by telling me he's also technically a prisoner, and yeah, he should have told me why he was here before, but that doesn't mean that you get to act like you're morally superior for telling me who your boss is. I see. Unfortunately, Jules, I don't think you have much of a choice. I know, but unfortunately for you, I actually know how this whole experiment goes. You might have all the information, the data, the reports, but I know what it feels like when I get catapulted into my own head. I know how to navigate it, how to move around and collect all those little data points for you, but that means I know how to avoid those things too. I can do absolutely nothing, and there's nothing you can do to stop me.
3: So your whole plan to end the experiment is to simply... do nothing?
1: Sounds like a pretty good plan to me.
3: <laughs> I see. Dr. Cavendish, hello! I hope I'm not disrupting your project. Do you remember that conversation we had over lunch yesterday about the exchange of certain resources? Wonderful. Well, I have something for you if you are still willing. Of course. Oh, of course. Yes, you'll have her momentarily. Toodaloo. Guard, Edmund, isn't it? Please take Jules over to Doctor Cavendish's lab. It seems she may have a greater use for her than I do.
1: Hey! What the hell? No! Get off me.
3: When are the people around here going to learn how to work with me?
2: She has to know I'm in the middle of something. Now I have to get everything set up for someone new last minute. I can't stand when people. go of me! You must be Miss Kroeber.
1: Yeah? Who's ass- Oh, for fuck's sake!
4: it's my closest friend.
1: Yeah, no. I'd like to go back to my cell now. Why isn't this opening?
2: I have security protocols in my lab, Miss Krober. You can't just walk out. You need to badge clearance for that. Something that you do not have. Great. Now, come with me. I have much to do, and if you know what's good for you, you won't become another obstacle in my way.
4: Oh, I do what she tells you, Jules. Millie isn't one to sugarcoat.
2: Millie? Hugo is overly familiar. I do not have any patience for your usual nonsense, so once again, if you would like to leave this lab with the use of two or more of your limbs, I suggest you do as you're told.
4: Told you.
2: Good. Now, Hugo, as this is your friend, I trust you will give them a general idea of what to expect. I have to calibrate much of this equipment.
4: Of course. they would do anything for you, Millie. Don't mind her jewels. She's really a big ol' softie inside.
2: I can hear that, and I assure you I am not. You either do as you're told, or you become scraps. If I'm being perfectly honest, I could do more with your parts than your whole, so no funny business.
4: That's just her fancy way of saying she'll sell your organs.
1: Yeah, no, I got that. What the hell, Hugo? This is what you're into? I mean,
4: sure. Molly can be a bit abrasive. But I do adore an uh, assertive woman. And there's just something about that lab coat.
1: Oh, this is the worst day of my life.
4: Oh, don't say that. I'd like to introduce my best friend to the absolute love of my life
2: not listening to this any longer.
4: Really?
1: Because it sounds like you've been listening to this the whole time.
4: <laughs> Don't mind, Millie. She's just shy.
1: Yeah, and I'm getting sick of listening to you gush over her. just, Tsk,
4: Jules. Don't tell me you have no romantic bones in your body.
1: Romance is one thing. This is misery. What are you sticking on me? Hugo, what is she sticking on me?
4: Those would be nodes. They send electric shocks and record whatever movement occurs in response. Sort of a way to test your muscles if they're still, you know, reactive.
1: Oh, okay then. They, they don't hurt, do they?
4: It depends on the voltage, I assume. It definitely hurt me. <laughs>
1: what? <clears throat>
2: There we go. You should be all settled in. Oh, were you talking? You weren't going to start some nonsense of appealing to my heart or conscience, were you?
1: No, no, no.
2: Good. I have neither heart nor conscience, and I've always hated dramatic speeches. Now, please stay still while this machine sends electric charges through your body.
1: Should, should this one be on my, my chest? Like... Like, go over my heart? And three, two, one.
4: Oh, that tickles.
1: That... that hurt. A lot. Hmm.
2: Well, that can't be right. That was the lowest setting here. Try not to be so sensitive. Hugo!
4: Don't worry, Jules. I'll still be right here when you pass out.
2: When I pass out? heart rate is rising, as expected. Jules, do tell me if you have any other symptoms. I need to be able to record what voltage sends you into seizure.
4: Seizure? Millie here is all about pushing the human body to its limits. Not to toot my own horn, but I can survive in very extreme temperatures.
1: Not helping, Hugo!
4: Would make you feel better if I told you that, while her tests... May be exhausting. It just means that you'll be done a lot sooner. How does that
2: Did I not count that one down? Huh, well what? anything to report?
4: I've begun to hear colours again, I think.
1: My my arm it feels like it's vibrating. Oh, that's new. Right arm or left? Left.
4: Actually, it's right. I can see from here. That you're right piggy is shaking.
2: So even her sense of direction is off. That's concerning. At this rate, he might not be able to survive the next shock. What?
4: Um, Ellie, if I may, since Jules has been part of a whole other batch of experiments already, perhaps we should uh reconsider how quickly we're escalating things.
2: Normally, I would not hesitate to send you back to yourself for being so disruptive, but in this case, you may be correct. It's concerning how high her stress levels seem to be for such a low-impact test.
1: You call this low-impact,
2: motherfucker? To do turn, turn down the voltage one moment.
4: You know, Jules, I enjoy the time we spend together as friends. Think of this as a, a bonding activity.
3: <clears throat> Roger? Uh, yeah? You've spent a great deal of time dissecting that contraption over there.
5: Been working on practically nonstop since we got here.
3: For which I am very appreciative. After all that time, I'm sure you have an idea of what exactly what changes Dr. Kane made to the original blueprints to allow for his little stunt.
5: <sighs> I mean... It's been hard to decipher between his notes and all the pressure to get it operational again.
3: Of course, but you have an idea?
5: It was some kind of feedback loop that usually circulated between both subjects, but with the right trigger, it would isolate one brain, keep it suspended in the, what did Huxley call it, uh, associative state.
3: And he trapped Vic that way.
5: Yeah, but from what I could gather, that switch didn't get all the way switched over. Vic kept a foot in the door, so to speak. I, I don't know how they did it, if it was the tech or his brain that did it, but it put a lot of stress on Warren's nervous system. Picture getting sucked into a black hole. The hole... Being that feedback loop,
1: Fascinating.
5: Some people would say tragic. But to each her own.
3: Do you think that kind of gravity could be created intentionally? Could we build that foot in the door? Make it part of the mechanism?
5: Sure. If we wanted to kill people. Which, uh... We
3: don't. Not at this juncture. That's the tricky thing with weapons development, Mr. Morris. I have to make sure these killing machines can kill without actually killing anybody. It's a delicate balance, the brink of death. But I have steady hands. I could have been a surgeon or a miniaturist.
5: I can't imagine you building a dollhouse.
3: You couldn't. I could. Oh well. Don't let me keep you from your work.
5: I can never, Dr. Calvin.
3: A delicate balance. I could have been a tightrope walker, too.
1: I... cannot believe what a supervillain she is.
4: Supervillain? No, dear. A supervillain implies there's some level of spectacle in one's suffering. Mildred is a villain with enthusiasm for her work. She doesn't really care about its messiness. Hugo,
1: she stuck you in that climate chamber for 15 minutes while simulating the weather on Mars. How are you still alive, actually?
4: I told you. I'm able to survive brief moments in extreme temperatures.
1: She lowered the oxygen in there, Hugo.
4: Hmm. That was a bit unpleasant. And it didn't exactly further her research. I think she's just frustrated with all the changes Lucy has been making around here.
1: So she took it out on us?
4: Jules. I'm surprised this is such a, a shock to you. No pun intended. Ow. He said no pun intended.
1: That's actually for letting her do whatever she wants to me.
4: Hmm. Jules, dear How long do you think Millie's test subjects last in her lab? A week? Two weeks? No one survives beyond a month And it's not just Because all of her experiments Are dangerous It's because if you upset her She only gets worse Like a toddler having a tantrum
1: A toddler I've never seen someone so scarily calm In my entire life
4: You've only spent a day with her. I've been with her for months.
1: You say that like it's a point of pride.
4: I'm alive, aren't I? Survival is a fine art as well, Jules.
1: Let's change the subject. We're going to need to work around the surveillance once an evacuation starts.
4: That's so loud.
1: No one else is here. The guards are posted outside the cell blocks, which is... weirdly lax.
4: Well, it's... Not like they're expecting us to be plotting anything in here. We're in Death Row's extraterrestrial location.
1: I'm aware. Still don't understand why they're being so strict in some areas and so lazy in others.
4: It's security theater. They only care about providing the people they work for with the illusion of safety. And with Dr. Calvin running the show around here, they've upped the performance at the expense of, well actual security. I suppose in that regard she's a bit of an asset.
1: Huh. Good point.
4: I have an idea for jamming the microphones while we make our break for it. However, I would need access to the PA system.
1: I'm, I'm sure we could figure that out. I had a few thoughts on our way back from hell. Get your notes out.
0: Today's episode was written by Reese Tirado. It featured Serena Johnston as Jules Kroeber, Finn Carter as Roger Morris, Noelle Salisbury as Lucy Calvin, E.G. Taraku as Hugo Highsmith, Artemis Jack Gonsterov as Mildred Cavendish, and Stoker Leopold as Edmund. Our editor is Stoker Leopold, and our music is by Sloan Van Dyke. If you like what we do here and want to follow us on social media or support us on Patreon, all of that information will be linked in the description below. Thank you for listening.